Hello everyone and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. And I'm Dan's best good friend, Hunter Mitchell. Today we're going to discuss the COVID-19 vaccine clinical trials that took place at Michigan Medicine and how those who ran them exemplified integrity and ethics throughout the process. Now, before we get into that, show your own integrity by going back and catching up on any episode of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. You can also catch them on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel and as part of the headlines week in review. To get this episode going, we're joined today by Dr. Dan Call and Anna Locke. Both have helped lead COVID-19 vaccine clinical trials beginning last year. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Yeah, so Dr. Locke, let's start with you. First, can you talk about the clinical trials that were performed at Michigan Medicine regarding COVID-19 vaccines? Well, we were involved in two clinical trials, uh, one sponsored by AstraZeneca and the other uh, by Janssen. We currently have a third trial that is specifically for people with a um, history of allergy or hypersensitivity reaction. Awesome. So before we dive into even more detail about the trials you worked on, um, Dr. Call, I'll direct this question to you. Can you explain to our listeners why clinical trials in general are so important in science and healthcare? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's really the only way to figure out if a new drug or diagnostic technology works or not. So without clinical trials, we really wouldn't have any idea whether uh, a treatment is helpful or harmful. So we're critically dependent on people who are willing to participate uh, in clinical trials. All right, so let's get into the science behind clinical trials and how they're carried out. Now, the clinical trials carried out at Michigan Medicine were what are described as double blind. Dr. Locke, can you explain what that means and why it's so important? Well, double blind means that um, neither the participant nor us investigative um, team is aware of whether the patient got the real uh, vaccine or the placebo. This is very important because we can be very easily biased if we know what the patient actually got. Imagine that you had a headache, um, and if you knew what you got, um, you might uh, be more likely or less likely to attribute to the vaccine or not. Okay, so Dr. Call, when, when the Pfizer vaccine became available, uh, what sort of dilemma did that create for your team? Sure, yeah, so this was a, a huge challenge for ongoing clinical trials when you have a, an agent that's now been shown to work for the condition that you're testing. Right. So in this case, we knew the Pfizer vaccine was safe and effective in preventing COVID. And yet we had people in our trial who had been given placebo. They didn't know if they'd gotten placebo. We didn't know if they had placebo. So we had to think about how do we make sure uh, that everybody has access um, to the best possible treatment for themselves. And they're not limited from that treatment by being a part of the clinical trial but yet make sure the clinical trial has the best chance to generate an answer uh, to the question of whether that particular vaccine worked. Yeah. Can you explain that actually a little bit further and just in depth about when you say placebo, so that just means somebody's not actually getting the vaccine itself, right? And that's sort of the way to test on the efficacy of a vaccine? Yeah, exactly. So when people would come in to, to uh, get the, to participate in the clinical trial, we would then send a code sort of to the pharmacy, which we wouldn't see, it comes from a third party, right? And that would tell the pharmacy whether or not to make a syringe with basically salt water in it or to make a syringe with vaccine in it. 
And then we would go get that syringe essentially from the pharmacy, from the investigational pharmacy. And we wouldn't be able to tell which it was, nor would the patient know. So that's the placebo, the salt water. Okay. So, so you, you know, once the, the, the Pfizer vaccine becomes available, you need to figure out a way whether to tell these patients, hey, you can go get the Pfizer vaccine because you haven't already gotten a vaccine or not. So you carried out what was an unblinding process. Dr. Locke, how did your team go about doing that? And how did your participants react to the unblinding process? Well, we had this um, huge dilemma. In clinical trials, we like to preserve the integrity of the data as much as we can. And once we are blind and uh, we know that um, the placebo group now get the Pfizer vaccine, uh, we will completely um, mess up with the data, making the data much more difficult to interpret. And normally we would never unblind unless there's a serious safety concern, in which case we need to know what exactly the participant got. But in this case, um, we had this moral dilemma. Um, there's this um, COVID uh, which might kill um, participants and we have something to protect them. And yet we didn't know whether we had actually given them the protection. So as clinical investigators, we have to balance preserving the integrity of the trial and also the best interest of the participant. In this case, the best interest of the participant is to be able to let them know, um, did you get the real vaccine? If not, you have the opportunity to get the real one. Um, so what we did was, we delay the unblinding as much as we can. Um, essentially, we asked the participant, be patient, wait until you have an appointment, you know for sure when you actually get um, to receive the Pfizer vaccine before we do the unblinding. Uh, as, and as you know, I mean, people initially had to wait for the appointment, but later on, we're able to get the appointments pretty quickly. So once they let us know that they have an appointment, we sometimes have less than 12 hours to process the unblinding, which is quite a challenge. Wow, so this question's for both of you, but we'll, we'll start with you, Dr. Call. In the end, you, you stuck with your ethics and the core value of integrity. Um, what advice would you say to others who may face similar situations in the future? Well, you know, I think you just have to look from the perspective of the clinical trial participant and from the ethics that we know and are all trained in around clinical trials and make sure that you're, you're comfortable doing the right thing. And I would say, if, if you're waking up at night and not feeling good about the way things are going, there's probably a problem. And if you're, if you're sleeping, sleeping soundly, you're probably doing the right thing. Um, and the other thing in situations like this is we're, we're fortunate to have people in medical ethics, um, people in our IRB that we can go to for help and make sure that, that our plan uh, you know, makes sense both for the clinical trial enterprise, but most importantly for the participants. Yeah, and I would say that um, as a researcher, preserving the integrity of the science is the most important, but we also doctors at the same time. And as some doctors is always the, um, the safety and the best interest of our patients, and in this case, our participants that override everything. Yeah, thank you so much to both of you for the advice and insight that you've shown into this. I know it was a, a huge moral dilemma that you faced, but I think you carried it out in, in 
really as quality of a way as you possibly could, where you're preserving the data, but also helping the participants who were helping you, right, with with taking part in these clinical trials. Now, if you want to learn more about the COVID-19 vaccine clinical trials at Michigan Medicine, you can find a story at mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. Well, we want to learn more about one of you today. And Dr. Call, you lost in rock, paper, scissors. Uh, so you'll be taking part in the lightning round today. Uh, we're going to ask you about four questions in just one minute. Are you ready to go? Sure. All right. Here's the first question. What is the most challenging part of the pandemic to you personally? Yeah, you know, I just think that um, the way we had to kind of reinvent so many things that we do in the hospital, uh, the way that we had resource and staff limitations that we've really never faced before, particularly early in the pandemic, was, was probably the most challenging part and just the, the level of uncertainty and what was going to happen next. So on the flip side of that, what is one of the most positive things you can take away from the past 15 months? Well, that's an easy one. I mean, I got to work with all sorts of people like Dr. Locke, who I've known for many years, but I'd never worked as closely with her. And to see the, the amazing ways people like Dr. Locke, Dr. Lagogo, who really led this, this trial um, and many others really um, you know, stepped up and uh, helped both take care of our patients and answer these fundamental questions like, will a vaccine work uh, to help get us out of this pandemic? Yeah, you really, your team had a personal stake in it. I think that's great. Uh, now, Memorial Day is just around the corner. What's your favorite holiday to celebrate with family or friends? My favorite holiday, probably 4th of July. The weather's nice. We often go to a beach house. And so most relaxing for me. Nice. All right, last question. This week's Superhero Day was held at Mott. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Well, that's got to be flying. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> All right, you did it. Thank you so much, Dr. Call and Dr. Locke for joining us today. Once again, if you want to learn more about COVID-19 vaccine clinical trials, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. And while you're there, check out some other featured stories from this week. For instance, you can learn in which colleagues recently earned a Making a Difference Award and take a look at some of the pets faculty and staff adopted during the pandemic. Find all that at, and more at mmheadlines.org. All right, Hunter, so you just mentioned pets during the pandemic. Do you have any pets or did you have any while growing up? I, yeah, so uh, I had a family dog growing up um, that's still around, she's a little bit older and stuff, but she, I love her. Um, she's got a lot of quirks. Uh, and one of my favorite ones is she like can't walk on hardwood floors uh, unless she's <laughs> going backwards, then she, she's completely fine. <laughs> so when we see her doing that, we'll all make little backup noises for her. So people know she's That's back. awesome. You got the beeps going for her. <laughs> Yeah, adorable. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have my wife and I have a little Bichon, a little 22 pound Bichon uh, and something mixed. We don't know. He was a rescue. We rescued him about eight years ago, um, full of anxiety, um, you know, doesn't necessarily like other people or other dogs, but he loves us. So he just wants to cuddle and, you know, lay on the couch with us. So he's kind of a joy to have around, um, you know, growing up, I never had a pet. Um, in my family, except for, well, it's kind of a sad story. There was about a week that we were uh, pet sitting for one of our um, one of our family friends. They had a bird, and uh, we were pet sitting that bird, Tweeters. 
And while my cousin was visiting and she had tweeters on her shoulder and went out into the garage to get a drink and the garage door was open and oh. that was the end of tweeters as tweeters oh. flew away. So, uh, you know, Dr. Qual, if he could fly, would have used his superhero to fly after tweeters and rescue her. But Absolutely. That was... <laughs> so sorry to, to bring a sad note to it, but yeah, wow. that's that's my pet story. Tweeters is still out there, though. You know, <laughs> yes, tweeters is still out there. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for the weekly trivia contest. And last episode, we asked listeners, which type of awards did nurses who were featured during Nurses Week recently win? The answer is Daisy Awards. Congratulations to Bailey Merzik, who sent in the correct answer. Bailey, a member of the Department of Communication, will be in touch shortly to help you claim your prize. For this week's question, here's Dan. All right. Well, this week's question should be pretty easy if you paid attention to today's episode. This week's question is, which COVID-19 vaccines were used in clinical trials at Michigan Medicine? Once again, which COVID-19 vaccines were used in clinical trials at Michigan Medicine? You can find the answer by rewinding this episode or checking out last week's headline story. And once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize. That's all the time we have for this week. Dr. Locke and Dr. Call, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, thank you to all our listeners and viewers for everything you do for families, patients, and each other. We'll see you next week.